welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Daniel Colborn. I'm your host, Daniel Colborn. Today's episode is brought to you by Caleb Porzio. Thank you for watching the show. But he's here in our hearts. Yes, he is. Mm. I wonder where he is right now. Mm, probably fishing. Gone fishing. Gone fishing. Got a hook through the brim of his hat. Uh yeah. Yeah, like uh but like a like a snapback. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um Daniel? Sir. I had the greatest fishing day of my entire life today. Really? Yes. Today of all days. Yep. Oh, I was out last night till sundown mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. had one on, broke it off. And um these are the big boys, the steelhead that I have been mm-hmm. chasing for two mm-hmm. years now and I never mm-hmm. almost never ever catch mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And you're uh, you're Mo- Moby Dick. Exactly. My um my I am the old man and the creek is Definitely the sea. So, um by the way, when I read that book, I thought I thought it was like mythology that like there's no fish that big like there's whales and stuff and sharks but uh what what's the fish in the old man of the sea did you read it uh yeah but i don't know the name of it okay it's a oh i, I can't read it in like think sixth of the grade name. or something i know the name of the fish man it's well, a to quote marlin the inimitable qui-gon jinn there's always a bigger fish ah haha yep that's a good one that's a good reference naboo Mm-hmm. Um, so similar to the fish there. So in the old man in the sea, you know, he's wrestling this fish for like days, and I think he dies while he's like catching the fish. Like if he lives, he dies. He lives again. Something, but the I think he ends up landing the fish, but he's out there for days. I think trying to get this fish. It's a marlin, and I thought mm-hmm. like this is like uh, fiction, but I've There's since no looked in. No, there is and they are that big and they uh-huh. do take that long to reel <laughs> like if you get a marlin like a big one like you're a six to eight hour minimum yeah you're missing it. work on monday yeah and you have to have like a crew of muscle men like uh-huh. it's insane and you have to like keep handing this reel off to your muscly friends at least according to youtube like if you get a marlin like you might need a, like a rescue team to, it's crazy it's so crazy. this is like this, this is like the fish that people are catching on those on those boats with like the fishing rod holder at the back. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. With those giant freaking sea rods. Yeah. Um so yeah, those fish are huge. Anyway, steelhead are of a similar size and a similar fighting ability. And I had one on yesterday and broke it off. Whatever. Why am I saying that? This morning I woke up, crack it on, naturally, and was like, mm-hmm. I need to go out there and finish I'm gonna the get job. This, yeah. I'm gonna get this steelhead the long story short is i found the gold mine of steelhead yeah i was like there pretty early and dude a dude was in my spot and so i went to the next spot another dude was in that spot go to the third spot and first cast get one on and then this doesn't stop i landed three and broke off five and they were like i mean dude these freaking fish on the mother load dude they run like you wouldn't believe like you get hooked on one of these things and it's just zzz, you know they drive yeah. you can't they're fast you, you have to let them drive you can't yeah. just hold them you'll snap you gotta like line. slow them down gently yep and you have to like try to turn them downstream and like just get in every little bit you can and then they'll, they'll just be like screw you i'm gonna drive on another 30 feet of line and then you, zzz, mm-hmm. you know so anyway it was a hoot and a half greatest fishing day of my life which isn't saying a ton i'm not a I, you know i don't have a huge history with these banner days but yeah. today was one of them but trace trace in a day is pretty good <sighs> yeah yeah man and those those other ones that got off they were and i fought them for probably 10 minutes each maybe five but uh yeah and you fight them so hard for so long and you know they're huge and then they just uh pop snap off mm. so yeah I, I i i want to start i the river teaches me so many lessons, Daniel. And uh, whenever I'm there, I can't even recall a ton of them, but when I'm like on the stream, I'm always like revealed these deep life lessons or programming lessons. Like I literally feel like I become a better programmer just fishing. The fish speak to you. The fish speak to me. So I'm like, I think I should do a blog series or a like a podcast series on just lessons from fly fishing. Lessons from the stream. The stream teaches you, man yeah anyway so yeah so that's the fishing story nice so yeah greatest Here, fishing I'll, day of your I'll whole show life the, i'll show the viewer the 
it's an honor to do a podcast with you on such a monumental day i know it's a big day for me (laughs) um so then oh yes okay so here's here was one of the catches. Look at that. That's a big fish. Freaking guy. Look at that guy. Yeah. It's like a tiny that stream fish is a big for the guy. for the for the developer. We're talking about a fish about the size of like a a mandolin. Hmm. Like he's holding yeah, right. it like a mandolin. Like I'm holding a mandolin. He's holding it like I a mandolin. Like you would hold right a mandolin. <laughs> he's rocking out on this fish. Gills are my fretboard. Yeah. We're talking about a fish like the size of like if you took a, a pair of like Jordan fours and like lined them up heel to heel and like held that in front of you. That's about the size of this fish. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. Um, so then I, anyway, I drove around, I ended up finding a guy on the side of the road who I know. And I started talking to him, talked to him long enough that my car died. So then I had to push my car and uh, eventually get it back going so that's that's my day i just wanted to share that with you but wait it was fun, you pushed so. it how far did you push it not that far one street i was at my parents house but uh-huh. here, here's the fun thing is my parents house their neighborhood is this like wonderful neighborhood scene like i grew up there everybody mm-hmm. knows everybody it's like a beach neighborhood it's awesome mm-hmm. and so like i was hanging out with my dad it's and a then lake i saw beach. yeah it's a lake beach right right okay, not, not a, a california beach, beach. <laughs> um different different type of beach people uh-huh. um and whatever one of my my old old guy friends pat i see him and i like roll up to him he's a talker we talk long enough the car dies he's like oh you know i got a car charger and then more neighbors come out you know you're pushing your car and like hey uh, you need a hand no and you know them mm-hmm. their name it's like mayberry except uh anyway so it's except fun it's just fun to like revisit that life you know yeah because i'm just stuck inside on this computer all day get back into it yeah and there's like there's life out there you know yeah, yeah. people are just out there doing society yeah, right? It's amazing how many... Well, I guess it is COVID, but it is amazing how... All the people I saw are normally home all day, you know? Yeah. So anyway, T. Cole, but enough about me. How have you been? Oh, I've been great, man. I, um... You know, it, it's been a little bit chilly, but it's kind of warmed up a little bit. And that has... You know, the weather... The weather is the conductor of the symphony of leaf blowers. <laughs> right yeah. and it is warm enough today on a friday afternoon that the symphony yeah. is in full swing so we got this guy over here with his leaf blower we got this guy over here with his weed eater it is popping off here in suburbia north carolina yeah and they're just like trying to one-up each other oh, dude it's wild you know yeah it everybody is wants first string am i right mm, mm, mm. mm-hmm Playing, playing that first chair steel chainsaw. Yeah, first chair, first string. First chair in the strings. Mm-hmm. You know. String instruments. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've uh, been working on... We have this old, bad server. Okay. It's both old and bad. Okay. Um, and I we don't have a local development environment for the code that lives on that server. Mm-hmm. Um, that code that lives on that server is uh, just in the wind, you know? And our plan for that has been just rewrite that code as part of the Laravel app and decommission it from that server over time. Yeah. But, like, we are like, we need a local development environment for this server. Um, And so I have been playing around in Dockerland to, like, create a local development environment for this server that has like apache apache php like not php fpm like old school apache php a bunch of different v hosts that all host subdomains Dude, this is like retro yeah it's so retro and so like i've been trying to basically take this like extremely old landscape and recreate it in docker which is so fun that is um so I've got like, like we a gotta docker. get some uh, cPanel <laughs> installed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't have cPanel. PHP, but, my admin. But like we have all these redirects, and all of this lives behind an nginx proxy that is somewhere else on a different server. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's just it's wild stuff, man. Um, but the cool thing that uh, we're doing now is like there, this old code has many many a hard coded URL, right? Like. Yep. Uh, natchi.org slash something 
yeah. URL that's just hard coded into the code. Mm-hmm. So let's just let's say for let's say conservatively, there's nine thousand instances of that in this code base, yep. right? Um, so if I want to get a and like many of them are just like PHP header redirects mm-hmm. to natchi.org, like in the top of a page, right? Yeah. So if I'm going to have a local development environment, I'm going to need those redirects to redirect me to the local version, yep. not to the remote version. So in my little swarm of Docker containers, I'm creating an Nginx reverse proxy that basically examines the content, the headers, the cookies, everything, and just rewrites natchi.org to natchi.test on wow. like everything going through this pipe. Oh, interesting. Isn't that cool? Because it's that like the other cool. option is like go through find and replace 9,000 instances of this thing. Make sure right. that, you know, some are going to be single quotes, some are going to be double quotes, some of them are going to be like constructed strings. You know, there's just like, it's just not an easy find and replace job. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's like, then what do I do? Do I like extract that to like a global right. variable somewhere? Yep. And then I push that to production and something breaks and it's like, oh, no, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, a, it's a weird question. So I was like, okay, well, this is actually Chris's idea. He was like, let's just not do that. And instead, like in the local Docker thing, just make an Nginx reverse proxy that like does the rewrites on the fly. That's crazy, dude. That Isn't is it so insane? crazy. Yeah. Dude, interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. That's a pretty baller move. Yeah. it's uh, Nginx is one of those tools that I would love to just need an, have an occasion for and have the need to like um, really like sit there and get good at it. Cause it, yeah, because it's like it's a fun tool. It's a cool yeah. tool. Having and it legacy has, apps yeah. is like the excuse that you need. Right. Like if you just have like old servers and old apps and old URLs and old domain names and stuff, like eventually you will run into a problem that Nginx is best suited to solve. Yep. Yep. It's cool. It's like I've, I've some, whatever. I'm not going to talk about Nginx, but I like it. Yeah. It's cool. I remember when it came out so cool. or like when it first became like popular. Mm-hmm. It was like, what is this thing? What is a reverse proxy? What is you know? And ginks. And ginks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, so that's what I'm doing over here. So it's cool. I've got like a base image that's CentOS and then like I install like PHP 5.6 on it and I install uh Wow. I install Apache on it and like I spin the whole thing up and I've got these like vhosts files that I'm like importing and it's really fun. I'm having a blast. That's cool. I've n- I haven't done like a Docker compose setup like this since i worked at uh worked at baseball football service mm, yep. um but i missed it it's fun to it's fun to cool. do docker compose sweet beans deke yeah but that's all i have on that that's pretty sweet deke yeah. on on servers i don't think we've talked about this since our since the last recording I'm trying to think maybe we have did we talk about serverless stuff we did we talked about yeah serverless yep. stuff right mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. Then that's all that I have to say about that. Okay, dude. Oh, speaking of service servers, um, yeah. I've been watching these YouTube videos. So, okay, since our last episode, since like hacking fever struck me. Oh yeah. I am obsessed with hacking now. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I'm just I've got the bug. Oh cool. And I've been watching these YouTube videos, dude, from this guy named Ipsec. Oh, by the way, so many people reached out and said they were listening to Darknet Diaries. Oh, on Twitter. Cool. Darknet Diaries is incredible. Keep listening. They're just it's just a bottomless pit of good vibes. Nice. Um here's another recommendation. If you like Darknet Vi- Diaries, you will like Ipsec on Twitter. So Ipsec is a guy who he plays these CTF games. What's that? So so CTFs are like hacking games okay. where basically like there's an attack team and a defense team, and like you have to get these flags. Like cap- it's CTF, capture the flag. So you have to get these flags gotcha. off of these servers as the attacker, and the defenders need to keep you from getting them. Oh my gosh! Dude. Well, there's this website called Hack the Box, which has like really gamified this, where like you sign up for a game, and it puts you in a lobby with other people, and then it spins up all these VMs, and like 
you're either on the attacking team trying to defend the VMs or you're on the defending team trying to attack the VMs. And it's like each of them has like a web app on them that's vulnerable in some way. And so it's all about like getting in, getting persistence, figuring out if the other team has persistence. And like, it's just like these like live fire hacking games. And like, you can use whatever tools you want. Like the only rules are like, don't DDoS anything. And like, you know, don't. And like, there's like things that are considered cheating, like just like writing a cron job to like restart Apache every 30 seconds is cheating, you know, like, or whatever. So this is something that you would run on your own machine? No. So these are VMs. Okay. That you, okay. So no, 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 they're, they're like cloud servers. So but they're inside the... of a network. So when you start the game, you download like a open VPN configuration. Uh-huh. And then you like run a VPN. And so now you're inside this private network that is just for this game session. Cool. Um, anyway, this guy named Ipsec, uh, he streams himself playing these games. Oh and my he gosh. is dude. a genius. <laughs> I love like, it, dude. I'm having IPSEC? so much fun. IPSEC, yeah. Um and he first of all Nick Riva ignore be. he's got 190 followers ignore like what he's actually doing and all the like security stuff um so he plays on this website called hack the box so just google ipsec hack the box and youtube and you'll find it um but uh i thought you said twitter he's not on twitter is that no, right? no no this is a, these are youtube videos Got it. Okay. I he actually streams on Twitch, but he uh, there are YouTube videos of his streams. Sec two P's. Got it. Oh, two P's. Okay. IPP sec. Oh my gosh, dude. But anyway, um, ignore for a moment like what he's actually doing, right? Like okay. all the smart security stuff he's doing. Yeah. This guy uses a terminal like nobody I have ever seen. Mm. This guy knows Linux so well and he explains everything he's doing he doesn't just type these commands he explains and he talks you through how his tmux is set up and why he's doing something the way he's doing it he's a great teacher playing like a badass game you know what i'm saying it's just crazy it's so good so i've learned so much about the terminal in the last couple days just watching these youtube videos and like all, so Hack the Box also has games that are not multiplayer. So this game, this one is like a multiplayer game. Okay. But they have single player games too, where it's just like, here's a box, get access to it. You know? Yep. Um, and so I am this weekend going to play those single, single player games. I'm going to start with the easiest ones, mm-hmm. work my way up. And my goal is to one day play in one of these multiplayer CTF games. But I know I am not good enough to play in those games now. And I know I will just get destroyed and I will let my teammates down and I will just feel bad. Dude, this is wild. It's crazy. And it's like a a Call of Duty lobby for hacking, you know? Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. you get put into a game. It shows you who's on which teams. Like there's like a countdown, like boop, boop, boop. And you leave the page open in the background while you're playing. And it plays audio cues like the red team has secured a root flag, you know? And so there's like background noise and like sound effects. Like it's really feels like a game. It's, it's wild. Oh my gosh. You got to watch some of these videos. I got to watch them. They're like uh, an hour each. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's like a long game. Yeah. I was just kind of like giving that information to the listener. Yeah. To to the user and the listener for sure. Um, But anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to play the easy single player CTFs this weekend and I'm going to see where that goes. Do you remember that site? Hack this site? Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Hack you remember site? Over the Wire? That was one that I was real into for a while. I think I've talked about it on the show. I don't know. I just remember like hack this site. Domain hack this site is for sale. <laughs> Maybe I'm I'm getting the name wrong. You know, ha- oh, hackthissite.org. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. And I remember when I was first getting into web development and I tried it. Oh, I got the first one legitimately. It's a comment in the HTML of the page. Uh-huh. And I was stoked. Like I, I tried really hard and I finally found it. And after the first one, I thought, no way, I'll never get another one. <laughs> like I was mm-hmm. like, no way. How, 
there's no way. And uh, anyway, so then I like looked at the answers after struggling and thought. So and I played after this... I saw the answers, I was like, this is way too hard for me. Like, I, I almost hate that feeling of like, um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but I never returned. But I'm also a much better programmer now. So it's possible that I have a shot. But yeah. I don't know. And watching this guy, I bet it's like... I bet you would just get a feel for the types of of things that people do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's like... And you can see, like, when when he's on red team, which is the attacking team, he'll, like, open up all the servers first, right? And he'll be like, okay, what do we got? What do we got? Okay, this one's got a login form, so that's probably SQL injection. This one's got, Mm -hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, this is... There's some JavaScript on this page, so I'll look for some cross-site scripting. Like, you know, like, he just looks at it and he's like chunk information chunking yeah. he's like okay i can eliminate like 90 percent of a task because i know that uh this is a windows server or like this is a you know whatever like he'll just learn he'll look at it and he'll quickly be like okay we're probably looking at one of these three types of attacks let's get started you know oh and he does terrible he does great like trolls on people when they're in his system like so when he's defending like he, he'll just like replace nano with vim and replace vim with nano so that if they type Vim to edit a file, they get Nano. And if they oh, yeah. type Nano, they get Vim. Oh, my just stuff like that. Like, he'll just start doing weird stuff on the server. To, or, like, he'll, like, replace a... Uh, like, if they get, like, a shell, like, he'll end up, like, doing something to, like, change their message of the day. Mm. To, like, talk shit to them and stuff. It's just fun. The guy's fun. That's insane, man. And fast and creative and interesting. Very cool. I can't wait. That sounds yeah. amazing. It's great. That's great, Deke. But yeah. What was, what was what's going on with you? <laughs> um, so I, I have something. It's Do not you? thought out at all, which is great because we can think about it. Yeah, well, I, I love the ones where you prepare, but. I know. I know you do. I know you love the ones where I write everything out and the whole thing's scripted and yeah. nobody knows. Dude, let's just go through a list. Um, <laughs> they don't get the reference because we never put that episode out, Daniel. Oh, didn't we? <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> Oh, oh did Patreon. You, <laughs> One day we'll have a Patreon and you can you can hear that list. The episode graveyard. Yeah. Um Daniel uh Oh, PHP 8. Uh-huh. Attributes? I have not been keeping up. So tell me everything. Okay. I don't know much at all, but there's a new syntax in PHP, a new uh-huh. meta programming syntax. As soon as I heard new meta programming syntax, I was like, "Yes. Yeah. How can I use this?" Please God save me from all the weird reflection class methods. Oh, yeah, that well, it's funny because the only way to interact with this meta programming syntax is through reflection. Ah, uh, okay. Great. But here's what it is. So you know um Docker sorry, not, uh like doc block annotations, you yes. know. Um and what use Symphony uses doc block annotations? What uses doc block annotations? Things use them. I don't know. Things not stuff that them. I like. Is it, um, what's the, the non-eloquent ORM for PHP? That uh, active. Doctrine? No. Oh, yeah, Doctrine, Doctrine. Doctrine? Yeah. So Doctrine, I think, uses doc block annotations, like, at runtime, somehow. I don't know. Okay. I think this is the case. Um, so PHP 8 is bringing that, basically, to, are you Googling it? Nope. Okay. Um, PHP 8 is bringing attributes, they're called attributes now instead of annotations or whatever but uh-huh it's coming to php and you can put them above a property a method a class you can put them above anything uh-huh and their form is it's a hashtag okay and then it's a um then it's like square brackets and then whatever you want inside of that and so the, these Please tell me be, what you mean by whatever you want inside of that. exactly whatever you want you can write daniel is crazy and and now my program uses reflection to look if a method that's being called has an attribute called daniel is crazy and then i do something special oh you know and beyond just plain strings which you can do you can just put anything in there you can pass things somehow i don't understand how you consume this that's what i would have to i'd want to know but you can reference classes you can reference i think you can even put like php expressions maybe Okay. Um, I think you can pass objects somehow. I don't even know how that would be possible. But yeah, so this is a thing, man. It's crazy. So, I'm so like, I don't think I fully understand it. Could you give me an example? 
Sure. So let's say, uh, so, I mean, here's like one that popped into my head. Let's say that Livewire goes away from, from having a default of public properties being reactive and tracked between requests, you know? Sure. So let's say that it doesn't track anything unless you put a attribute above the property that says track me or persist or oh, reactive or something. Interesting. And then now Livewire will be like, did they have this attribute? Well, cool. Then we'll hydrate this. You know, you could you could make something casted if you wanted. Uh, if you could add an attribute to a public property in a class, and maybe the attribute's called string, or maybe it's called like cast colon string. And Laravel use like Laravel has its own syntax that you can you know register stuff and pass stuff in or whatever. Maybe validation rules. Maybe you could put validation rules directly above properties. Oh, that'd um, be cool. You could do anything. It's crazy. That's why I feel like this is the kind of thing that's going to get. Well, I don't want to just jump to it being abused left and right, because I mean, I want to abuse it. Like, right. It's the kind of thing that that I could see. uh, I don't know. But it's it's a new like syntax and it jazzes me because I'm like, how can I use this in Livewire? Um, I've already heard. So I saw Jeffrey Way. He he tweeted um, like, hey, I want to teach PHP attributes on Laracast. But what? Like, what's a fun example? And yeah. I, I was just like, yeah, like, I'm thinking the same thing. I didn't actually read. Oh, one person replied, Liam Hammett replied and said, like, uh, I've seen or like obvious use cases would be registering routes or something. I don't know how that. Oh, maybe like a like middleware or something. Yeah, I don't. Maybe middleware, maybe applying middleware to routes. That would or be like one. names, route names, maybe route names. Yeah. So, so all the things that we currently use fluency for. Right. So I don't know. What do you think? Is this um is it interesting? Is it something that intrigues I'm you? I'm a little bit think? honestly, I'm a little bit disappointed because when you said there was new metaprogramming syntax, mm. I thought you were gonna be saying like Yeah. I can I no longer need to use the like reflection class class to oh to metaprogram. You know? Gotcha. Because I hate that API so much. Like I just really want like the language to have its own syntax for that type of stuff instead of having to like call to these default classes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that anyway, but that's, I, that's, I, I smell. Yeah. That, I that guess... was the direction I thought you were going to go in. And so I'm a little underwhelmed because this is less dramatic than that Funny. is. <laughs> I th- dude, this is way more overwhelming than that because like reflection it it's, it's better because this is something that would affect public APIs. You know, like of, right, right, of right. like somebody using your package. You you now mm-hmm. have a whole new playground of syntax that you can assign to all sorts of affordances. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. which no, that's true, seems and that crazy is cool. That's very cool, and like I could see, yeah, like if you needed to swap things out, right? Like if you published a package, like you could almost use these affordances, like things that maybe would go in a config file now and would be like kind of weirdly restricting because they're in a config file. Yeah. Like you could actually just like publish them as like options on a method or something, you know? Sure. So what would an example of that be? Like Um, maybe like if you had like an event listener and above the method, you just have an attribute called like channels and then you pass in the channels that you want applied sure. to that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Or even like um like I wonder if there's stuff like that we're currently doing through like dependency injection that you could mm. do with this instead, right? So like if you think about like like a facade that's going to like load one of a few different things depending on which one is set to load, right? And like maybe that's global. And so there's some case where you want to use, you know, that that might be a bad example. But, like, I'm thinking about, like, you know, maybe just, like, any time you call a method, like, you tell it which which validator you want to use or, like, which router you want to use, you know, or whatever. Like, I could see, like, tying this to the Laravel container being kind of powerful at some point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Nothing jumped out at me. The thing that I'm, I kind of like, I would like is some. Oh, maybe like oh, maybe on top of the render method in a live wire, 
uh, component, you can specify the layout. Um, That'd be kind of cool. That would be nicer. So here's a question I have for you, Caleb. Yeah. I haven't seen these things visually yet. Are they ugly? Oh, um, to be determined. Uh, They're... Huh. Are they ugly? Let me just glance. Um, They're uglier than them not existing. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, no, they might... That's I'm I'm sort of afraid of them because I I bet there's a pretty way to use them. I bet there's things we could do that like once we recognize them as official and powerful, uh-huh. then first we see beauty in them, and second we use them as like paintbrushes to make more sure. beauty. So but, like he, here's yes, the thing, they could right? Definitely like, just be trash. I around. work with I work with a handful of PHP Storm degenerates, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the um, worst kind of people. <laughs> It's just awful. Oh, the worst kind of person. <laughs> Lois. Um, <laughs> and they, here's what they do. They litter your files with these. Litter is the best word to describe. They litter your files with these uh, property type declarations, right? Where they say, like, imagine you have a beautiful little blade file, right? Like a blade include. That's just like a user profile picture blade include yep. right and so it just takes the user it gets their name it gets their profile picture and it just creates that little like avatar section of their profile right what i don't want in this seven line php include is a weird comment at the top that tells me that user is a user because i know that user is a user oh and it just does nothing for me so it's those types of things. My concern is that th- this is going to become yet another McDonald's cup thrown on the path to the Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah, it's very possible that it will be. I think because these are... Mm, ah, Yeah, it's tough for me to say because I really see... I think we could use them in crazy creative ways. Sure. So it's, it's, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. but for sure. I mean, but like the, the fear for me is like, if it's the type of thing where like, once you get used to having it, you just want to have it everywhere. Yeah. Yep. You know, then there's going to be people who just start writing it into their coding style guides. And I'm going to eventually be working on an app where I have to write these things for every single, you know, thing. Yep in some way yeah 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 it is kind of it does give me the willies a bit yeah um yeah i mean there's people constantly laying siege to my repositories trying to dirty them up with their annotations you know what it is it's like you know how um you know back in the old timey days you walked into a general store to buy a jar of cornmeal for your ma yep right and pa there was just a there was a guy standing there with a with a lockbox, you know, and you handed him your two bits and you got your you got your cornmeal and you left, right? And then over time that guy uh got a cash register and then that guy started accepting credit cards, so now he's got a credit card reader, right? And then his nephew says, Hey, you should start taking Bitcoin, right? So now he's got a sticker on the counter with a QR code with a Bitcoin thing on it, right? And then now he's got an extra square reader for Apple Pay and all of these affordances for all of these many use cases have just cluttered what used to be an idyllic and beautiful country store. Um, mm. And my concern is that this is going to just be like the Bitcoin QR code sticker <laughs> on the counter of my apps. Yeah, dude, it uh, it very well may be. It's the the idyllic country store with an ATM machine, exactly right at the entrance. Right, and that charges and like a, a four dollar fee. <laughs> yeah, that charges the four dollar. <laughs> and it's one of those yeah. ATMs that when you use it, you hear the modem inside going. <laughs> the kind of ATM that would crush a woman's head. Oh yeah, if uh, dropped on her head. Um, that's a Breaking Bad reference, by the way. I'm not that sick and twisted. Um, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, 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 We're yeah. It's see. interesting. It's interesting. I mean, listen, I am here as a completely neutral outside observer, having not seen this. Mm-hmm. My con- my main concern is: is it ugly? I can see how it's powerful. I want to know if it's ugly. Yeah. Um. I don't know if it's ugly yet. I don't think yeah. we're gonna know if it's ugly until we start using it and start seeing it. Well, we're, we're gonna see until the worst um, until the PHP storm people really get their hands on it and make yeah. it the worst it can possibly be. Right. Or like they start adding both. Oh. Because <laughs> they're just so excited about having two <laughs> two things that you can stick at the top of every function declaration. <laughs> yep. 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 I mean, I'm all about IDEs knowing things. I, yeah. I like that um, that package by what's his name? The guy who I think it's the guy who did Debug Bar. What's his name? Barry VDH. Yeah, I think he did a package called Laravel IDE. Okay. That you just compose or require this bad boy, maybe, and you have to run a command, and it creates a file. An IDE helper file that yeah, okay, references so all. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we have, I don't know if it's that one, but we have something like that, but I know Chris has customized it extensively. Okay. Um, and that's fine. Like if you want to do like, great, like hide all of that. The only problem file. with it is when I command shift R on things, it's and always it the first result. It's like, get out of here, oh, dude. Man. Yeah. That would really put a damper on things. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, other than that, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so we're going to see. We sure are. Daniel, I, um, there's some things that I think maybe we should talk about. Okay. I am rewriting, uh, everything. Oh. And yes. Eh, It doesn't seem like a big thing that we should talk about. (laughs) Nah. I've been pretty quiet about it and I think I may continue to be because it's nice to not, I don't know. It's just nice to like do stuff in private sometimes. At least in the initial, like, fragile stages of... Of course, yeah. You know? Before you're but, ready for the slings and arrows. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So, I'm... And, and I also thought, like, wouldn't it be interesting... Sir, if, please holster your sling. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Um, yeah. And I, I, like, entertained not telling anyone and just, like, rewriting all of it and then releasing, like, new versions of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that's gonna happen. But well, anyway, and you can't keep a secret anyway. No, I cannot. This is as far as I I made it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right now. Is as far as I made it. Um, but okay. Here here's an interesting thing that I am rewriting. Sort of maybe. Okay. Um, Morphdom. I I started oh, my own. Finally killing it. Uh, I don't know yet, but I started my own implementation. And uh, when you say yeah. implementation, does that mean you are making your own replacement for Morphdom? Yes. Okay. So you're yes. not like implementing Morphdom code. You're like building no. something ground up. Yep. Yeah, okay. totally. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I just, I, it, it was fun? something that, uh, yeah, it was actually somewhat dissatisfying because I got the main thing done in like two hours or oh, something. Oh, you, you were like prepared for like a, for like yeah. a week long hike. More. I thought that this was going to be this like crazy thing I was going into, but I was wrong. Turns out Morphdom is okay. I'm about to sling some mud. I was about to say, turns out Morphdom is needlessly complex. Please your sling. <laughs> but it does more than mine does, and uh-huh. it has years and years of legacy, like, uh, bug fixes this work on this and... browser, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But it is one of the most, one of the hardest bits of code I've ever had to wrap my head around. It's just frustrating. And mm-hmm. so, anyway, so I wrote a, a version that's a little more expressive, you know, some functions, mm-hmm. introduce mm-hmm. some functions. Morphdom has functions, but it's literally like, it's like that PHP file, you know, from your first job that's 10,000 lines long. Mm-hmm. It's that. Um, it's the worst. What yeah, do you mean my first so, job? You mean my now job? Your current job. The yeah. one that you're writing an engine that's the one. That's the, for. That's the file that I'm building a reverse proxy for. Yeah, exactly. So here's a fun thing that, that um, Mitch and I cooked up. Uh-huh. So I'm running him through uh, a Morphdom problem or whatever. I don't even know what we were talking about, but I was like, they call it an MDP. wouldn't it be yeah. cool? Yeah, right. Um, wouldn't it be cool if I, like, I think maybe it's time for me to start hacking into Blade a little bit and being intelligent about if statements and for loops with Morphdom? Yes, please. Um, yeah, so 
And uh, so once I started going down that road, once I let my brain go there for a minute, uh-huh. um, we've discovered some pretty interesting things. And so let me pitch this to you. Okay. So here's the scenario. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, you know, this is going to be a training wheels beginning here for the, for the user. You have MorphDOM. MorphDOM, if anybody, the, the big picture is that LiveWire, you click a button in LiveWire, it sends a request to the server, it re-renders a blade file. MorphDOM is the thing that turns the current DOM into the new DOM. Yep. Right. And it doesn't just wipe it all out. It like intelligently finds the difference and just patches the difference. Sure does. And MorphDOM itself is a package. You can install it yourself. It's small and it is one function. The whole thing, MorphDOM is one function that accepts a from and a to. From is a DOM element and to is another DOM element. And then it says, I will now intelligently morph. Yes. And the you give internal... me DOM, I will morph. Exactly. And so here's the problem statement. The problem is that, uh, so MorphDOM's internals, they, it's walking two DOM trees simultaneously and comparing the two. Right. And this is the same thing as virtual DOM implementations in Vue, um, a bunch of those virtual DOM implementations. It's the same concept. You have some sure. tree of data, and then you have a new tree of data, and you walk them, and you find the differences, and you patch the differences. Yeah. Okay. So MorphDOM, yeah, yeah. Here's a problem that occurs because it's because i don't have a virtual dom and i don't own the world because i'm just taking raw html if i have i rule the world okay i have um a little widget with a search box sure and there's two things in a list item below that search box it's a search box for candy bars yes and the first one is um a twix bar mm-hmm and the second one is a KitKat bar. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now this is all live wired out. It's a live wire search field and there's a candy bar eloquent model and I'm looping through them all in a for each and blade and showing them. Yes. Okay. So assuming that we're not using keys and whatever, just, just this example, I type in the letter. So Twix is first, then KitKat. I type in K. What shows up on the screen? Uh, KitKat. Yes, exactly. So this is the scenario. The first screen shows Twix and KitKat. The second one just shows KitKat. Right. So here's how MorphDOM does it because MorphDOM doesn't know a lot. It has That's two... why they call it MorphDUM. So MorphDUM. You have these two trees, right? So the one on the left is the original one. That's the one yes. that has Twix and then it has KitKat. Yes. The one on the right that just came from the server because Blade re-rendered and everything. That's the new one. Has KitKat. So MorphDOM goes, all right, let's start with the first element in each. The first element on the left is Twix. The first element on the right is KitKat. It goes, are these elements the same tag name? Okay, mm -hmm. they're both divs. Great. They then, have all the same attributes. It doesn't even look at that because it changes attributes as well. Okay. So it looks to see if they have the same tag name. If they have the same tag name, it considers them the same. And so it says, oh, great. Then I'll change the word Twix to the word KitKat. Okay? Uh-huh. Great. And then it, goes to the, then it goes down one on each. And it goes, okay, on the oh, left. Oh, I see. Yeah, you're seeing it. On the left, I have a KitKat. And on the right, I have nothing. So I should remove the KitKat because so nothing exists So it renames the, the first and removes the second instead of just removing the first. Exactly. Terrible. So I added, this causes problems. This is why. The problems come when those elements mean something. So, like an alpine or something. Exactly. When yeah. they have data attached to them. Mm -hmm. And then you just, when MorphDOM can't appropriately move them around the page and it's just killing one and re, you know, changing another one. Mm -hmm. And if there's like crazy. an event listener on that DOM element or exactly. something. Exactly. The event yeah. listener is gone. Um, if it's the, really the biggest problem that this comes into play is nested live wire components. Because mm -hmm. both of the KitKat and the Twix could have been nested LiveWire components themselves. And if you think about it, now the right LiveWire component that you want to stay on the page got removed. Mm -hmm. And the wrong one stayed there. Okay. This is the morphdom problem. I solved this problem in LiveWire sort of with a hack. I created a look ahead in morphdom. So I added a little if statement in that little chunk of morphdom where it's like, okay, the left is Twix. The right is KitKat. These these do they have the same tag name yes are they the same element no well before i patch the update look ahead 
and see if there and is see, one that is the same yeah, element. Yeah, see if the very next one is the same element. And if it is the same element, then remove and patch and then move forward. So it Why it only the very it. next one? Why not all siblings? That um yeah. Why not all siblings? I guess because I figured because, it like, would what be an two expensive operation to just recursively like walk through them all. Sure. Um yeah, and this I mean this really does solve like I think but you you're right. Like it ideally it would look ahead far in advance. And I guess that just kind of so, sketched me out. Here's my question. So when you're making this change to morph dom, you've just been maintaining basically like a local fork of morph dom this whole time and making weird yeah. changes to it. Yeah, there's lots of little. So how path. unrecognizable is your current thing from morph dom? Oh, it's very recognizable. And I, I tag everything I change with at livewire modification. Mm -hmm. And there's probably five changes okay, gotcha. in the code base. Um, um are any of them like valuable to push back up or no um it's tough because morphdom supports a lot of things mm -hmm. so like morphdom uses is oh morphdom doesn't use is equal node which is really dumb um is equal node is a method on dom elements that you can pass a different node and it'll tell you if they're the same node no it'll mm -hmm. tell you if not that they're the same object reference that's is same node Mm -hmm. is equal node will tell you if they look the exact same sure it's this makes morph dom way faster if it just does a check for is equal node at the beginning mm -hmm. um but they can't do that for some weird reason so in the docs they say like yeah so i've changed all and there's even it uses is same node all over the place and i did a find and replace like first thing to make it is equal node because is same node won't work across trees like if you think about it the left and the right the kit kats and the twixes yeah, they'll never be the same they'll never be the same they're two totally different things so I submit an issue about that to be like, hey, I think we should rename. And I think even a pull request. And it's Morphdom is one of those things. The original creator is bounced out. A uh -huh. guy from Phoenix Live View is pitching in. Um, Scott Newcomer, I think. Um, yeah, <laughs> the aptly funny. named. Funny. Oh, that's really funny. Um, <laughs> so that's why, like you, like maybe I just was like, you know, Joe Newcomer. Right. Um, <laughs> So uh, I, I think like nobody wants to break anything. And MorphDOM supports virtual DOM implementations, which means like it's just got all this weird legacy crap. Right. So, right. Anyway, so here's what I'm leading up to, Daniel. Yep. I've expressed the problem. I've told you about the LiveWare solution, but my LiveWare solution breaks down in one instance because uh, I, could, I could bring you there, but it might be too much work. So let's hold that off for a second. So I'm talking with Mitch and we're like, what if because i'm trying to think what can i do in a blade if statement you know like i think a better example is let's say that on the left we have twix and kitkat and on the right we just have kitkat right let's say on the left there's a blade if around twix mm -hmm. and initially it's true mm -hmm. but then the second render it's false okay mm -hmm. so it's the same effect but i'm just kind of showing mm -hmm. you what the blade would look like right yeah so like what's the condition for the if doesn't matter does it matter no so it could be anything. Okay. 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 Like a button on the page that says show or hide Twix, toggle Twix or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just shows it in and out. So to solve this problem, I was thinking about like, how could I like, how could I add annotations around blade directives, you know, in to HTML? DOM elements. Yeah. So yeah. that morph DOM can pick them up. And right. I thought, oh, that seems a little dark. Okay. What about comments? And then go ahead keep going okay. i refuse okay so i'm thinking i mean you could add an attribute to a dom element that basically says this is related to a this given if and i'm going to generate like a random string to, that's the id of this if statement yep. right and then along with the payload from livewire i'm basically just going to pass like a a lookup table of yeah. if statement IDs and either true or false. Right. So the problem with that is that I would have to parse HTML to splice in that attribute. Okay. And I've refused to do that so far. So and as opposed I, to adding a comment. Right. So adding a comment doesn't require you to do that. Right. Okay. Interesting. So I can just plop in a comment, right? Because actually, HTML, it's impossible to parse in regex or something. Like, you can try, but like, 
it's actually like if you try to figure out like oh it's really easy to just regex a tag and it's close you know whatever it's not easy um so daniel if i add this comment then mitch was like what if comments are nodes and i was like dude i think they are nodes because i was like no comments it feels weird mm-hmm. so i looked it up and started playing with it comments are nodes so by adding a comment you're adding an element on the page that stays and lives in the dom it can be traversed in a dom walking it doesn't render on the page and has no actual meaning to the page wait can you give it like an opening and closing tag just the comment itself is opening and closing right you know what i mean i i mean i know the words you're saying i don't understand the significance right all right so i'll show you the significance but this is significant because if you think like maybe i add a dummy element or something as a marker Mm -hmm. but then it'll mess up like people's css if they have sibling selectors and stuff like that you know it's right even if it's but you can just add a comment there's no implication just find the comment and then find the next sibling or something yeah so i did a test i did it with my new morph dom but it would work with current morph dom where i had the so on the left hand side we have twix and kitkat right and now on the right hand side we have comment and kitkat right so wait fir- do you just comment out the entire node no you wouldn't want to do that you just well, have a comment that's like the id of this if statement or something no ids this is what you could do here here i'll tell you the solution and then you can piece it together in your head okay if i hack into blade hijack yes. the if statement in blade yes and wrap it up in my own if statement yes that all it does is take the expression inside the if statement Mm-hmm. And, and evaluate it up front get get mm-hmm. the get a variable that's that's truthy or falsy mm-hmm. if it's falsy insert a comment mm-hmm. if it's truthy don't insert the comment and then mm-hmm. it'll render itself yes okay you tracking that i'm tracking yeah that is the fix right there i just explained the fix uh-huh okay. so tell me how how this fixes things for morph dom yes so we have morph dom it's it's kind of more fun. No, we'll start it with the original example. We have Twix and then KitKat that exists on the page. Right. And my if statement that's wrapped around Twix is true right now. So it didn't add a comment. It just has mm-hmm. Twix and then KitKat. Mm-hmm. On the right side, the new HTML coming in, where before it just had KitKat, right? Mm-hmm. Now, because the if statement results There's still false, two nodes. And there's still two they're nodes. They're still in the same order and everything's exactly. good. So when MorphDom goes, it goes, okay, on the left we have Twix, on the right we have comment. Mm-hmm. Oh, these aren't the same. Kill the Twix, replace it with the comment. Mm-hmm. Next one, it goes KitKat, KitKat. They're the same. Great, same. leave it. Let them live. So this solves the fundamental problem with if statements in MorphDom. And it doesn't require regexing. It doesn't require any weird caching IDs or anything like that. It doesn't require me creating a new blade parser or a php sx you know it's just like a little handy thing that i think is actually like foolproof nice yeah i i still have to figure out loops like for loops Uh you know Uh like how do you get loops to behave well what kind of comment system do you have in loops Mm. dude man comments are dom annotations you can put whatever you want. They're DOM attributes, like PHP attributes and PHP 8. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Comments are the same thing for DOM elements. Mm-hmm. You can crawl comments in DOM, and you could make their content meaningful, like mm-hmm. JSON colon and then a JSON string that gets hydrated to JavaScript. You know, mm. you with me, Deke? I am. I am. In fact, yeah. I mean, I don't see. I don't see right now a ton of value because I don't write the type of things that you write. But like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I get it. Like, it, it's it is cool that those are like DOM nodes that you can do DOM node things with. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, specifically using them as placeholders to basically not change the like the length of lists and yes, stuff. Yes, exactly. Allows you to maintain indexes and allows you to you know. Yeah. Do like all maybe kinds I just have to hack the for each. No, so it's no, tough no, because that's different because the length changes. Yeah, the length changes. So maybe I just have to do a start comment and an end comment. You think, or just a comment on? Well, this every is iteration? so. This is what I was saying. Is there a way to make a comment node? So like HTML has self-closing tags and 
opening and closing tag pairs. Oh, I think I know what you're saying. Like is a there a way to have a comment. comment that has like an opening and closing tag pair that can have contents that aren't commented? Are these contents rendered in the browser? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I want. No, but you can invent it by right, right. having by a syntax like, for right, starting right. and ending. But then you yeah. then you're then you have to like build the whole support for it, right? And now it's no longer a single DOM node. You see what I'm saying? Go, like it would continue. be cool. Okay, so say I had like a um say I just have like a random like HTML tag called comment. Yeah. Right? So it's just like a, an arbitrary node called comment and it has an opening and closing tag mm-hmm. i could wrap the entire rendered contents of my for loop with a comment um with a comment yeah, right. node and then the entire contents of the for each are a single dom node which then yeah could be like commented out or commented back in Right. And like I could put all of my weird don't render me attributes onto that comment node. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there's still a problem with the for each thing. The for each thing's tough because in that scenario, you still have the same problem of like variable length, you know? Like if there's mm-hmm. an element that gets repeated three times, mm-hmm. um, then you want these this comment wrapping up that for each. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know what? I guess it does. I guess you could achieve sort of the same thing. You know, for each's really even aren't the real issue. And in Livewire, we tell you like add add key, wire key. Is mm-hmm. that it? Add wire key to your elements in a for each loop just like view does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, this little if thing, the coolest thing in two is I was like, oh, I need to hack if and end if and also all the other end mm-hmm. conditionals. But I don't because all I care about is the initial comment if it's false you know anyway Mm -hmm, so it's like mm -hmm. so elegant so i think i'm just going to address this problem with this and then um but okay so how do i hack blades if so let's assume do i really just hack all of blades like conditional directives is that a terrible idea Mm, i mean if you're willing to maintain when blade updates this will be the hard part. Is it easy to override all of Blade's directives? I would assume yes, right? I mean, it's easy really? to make a directive. You've made a directive. What if you make a directive yeah. that's already registered? It just overrides it, right? So you have to do some dumb things. I will have... No, I don't think it does. If it does, do that would be awesome. That would be so awesome. Because like you have a Livewire scripts directive, right? Yeah, yeah. What happens if you register a second Livewire scripts directive? Does it override the first one? Right. Yeah. It's just that the... I assume it does. It must. Well, I don't know, man. Because like, Blade... In no other situation does the framework override something that the user registered by the same key, right? If you register a middleware group that is the same as auth or something, like it's going to win, you know? Yeah, but this is like... Um, so, you know, you ever like source dive the Blade directives? You know how they're in that? Yeah. They're in that class where there's like, um, what's it called? Compiles if, you know, mm-hmm. the if directive is stored in a function called compiles if. Mm-hmm. So the system that takes your blade directive that says if and discovers that compiles if method is different than the system to find custom, uh, custom. Right. And it's just a question of which one goes first. Exactly. And I would assume it would be the custom. I would assume the opposite interesting so i feel like maybe what i'd have to do like i've already hacked into the like the blade compiler the custom directives yeah so i guess there'd be a performance benefit to having the defaults come first but an extensibility benefit to having the customs come first yeah and i just have to believe that it's defaults first so i i kind of think that i would be left to wrapping the compiles if meth like wrapping up that class in a child class nasty. that overrides the compiles if gross. method but you know wouldn't what be if the, first the con- nasty what if the customs come I've first done. just believe the customs come first until someone shows you otherwise yeah you're right okay yeah, then that's get great in get in there so this is something this is good man this is this is honestly going to save so many morphed on woes mm. and it's so simple mm. you can't save these woes 
thank you for uh, joining me on that journey, Daniel. Yeah, and it was a pleasure. Yeah. Um, hey, Caleb. Yeah. If we end this show in 10 seconds. Oh, we have to. I see it'll be it. exactly one hour long. I see it. We have so five So I seconds. think that we should cue the outro music now. Boom.